not sing along. I know. One of these times I'm gonna like make up uh, words for it. Oh, <laughs> lyrics? I hear my answer. We down to our podcast. <laughs> and then we listen to our guests. <laughs> We're gonna learn so much stuff today at our show. Woo! <laughs> That's it. That's our new intro. Y'all, I didn't spend thousands of dollars on improv classes to <laughs> not be able to do that. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us at So What Do You Do, a podcast where we talk to people in different jobs and careers to find out what other ways there are to make money. My name is Jen Staben, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Joyce. Hello, hello. 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 Can we get a yeah, 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 that? Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all. I mean, did that, that is work? like, did that work? That, yeah, that's like soundstage quality uh, slurping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I told everyone I was drinking, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, maybe. And then everyone's like, nah. So, yeah, um, well, I, I, I drank all my alcohol and I didn't restock. So, I'm drinking this bubbly water. So, if you hear any burping in the background, that's the me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me. That's, that's me. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Uh, Joyce, how are you doing this week? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> my goodness. Remember how we were talking about like existential crises and stuff like that? Yeah, every we time we talk. We every <laughs> <laughs> Every waking day. Girl, it's real. Yeah, it's like week. nonstop too. Well – I mean, is there really anything to do about an existential crisis other than just the, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh huh, uh huh? No, I don't I mean, have an answer. Oh no, no, I think that was that was your answer. Whether the storm, the wisdom is to let it be, to to go full on into it, full on um, into it, lean into it. Ah, uh, isn't that like? Uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, this podcast is brought to you by Metaverse. We. We uh we love selling your data. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. I, I'm feeling like I'm just I want to go after people. I um oh we were talking about this earlier. Huge accomplishment. Um, I got to a TikTok of Drew. Is it Afflo? Is that her name? Oh, uh, Drew. the the, the TikToker yeah. who just like she's like the boogeyman for she's the best toxic masculine men and anytime someone posts a shitty video about women people just start tagging her and they're like and she's like hi and And she just oh my gosh (laughs) it's the most delightful thing (laughs) and um and so I like I was on one of her videos I realized I was there before like a hundred comments or something like that Yeah, yeah and I was like I gotta think of something and so, like, I did a take on the guy, and she commented back, <laughs> and oh, man. and it and it's uh, it got some likes, but it also has uh, got some trolls to my page, and someone just wrote oh, on one of my TikToks, worst TikTok ever, and I'm like, cool. yeah, I'm like, yeah, it fucking sucks. Like, I don't know, and like. <laughs> do better like I (laughs) if you want to hurt my feelings like do better because I'm way harder on myself than that Um, oh my goodness uh yeah but yeah Drew we love you (sighs) 
Thank you God. so much for giving us inspiration and hope in this world. I feel like, yeah. We need it, man. That's, I feel like it's given such a sense of empowerment of oh, just being like, sure. not being like, oh, oh no, like these guys think women are like, they're not, they, they don't want to fuck us. <laughs> like it's. Oh, God. Like, I mean, I get enough of that just going to open mics. Like, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It, like, I think one guy, I was w- once watching it. Oh, man. I would love to see her at an open mic because oh, my it's, gosh, yeah. there's this one guy who's like, yeah, I was at the gym and uh, there, there's this like chick and she was lifting so much weight. And I was like, gosh, like, why are you doing that? Like, I thought women just wanted to be small and tiny. Like, in, in uh with a guy like not all like beefed up i was like two things not everyone wants to be fucked by you and two uh men murder women so maybe there's like that um like wait that was his punchline like that was the punchline before all of my stuff yeah what there's like there was no punchline it was yeah, just it's like not, it's not even funny it was just him philosophizing. That, that's probably not a word. I, don't know, I, I mean, this well, is... Well, I know who we can ask about whether that's a word or not. Who can we ask about if that's a word or not? Teacher! Teacher, teacher! Teacher, teacher I have a question, teacher! Hi. Teacher! I know, you te- I, know, I know you teach science, teacher, but is philosophizing a word? I actually don't know. I love that about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we like we hit you with some government questions last time and <laughs> and you were like, I'm not sure. It's like, hey, you don't teach government. Take a breather. <laughs> um let me see. Um, I think it is a word. Mm. According to my very quick Google search. Mm. Thank you, uh, teacher Google. Yeah. Thank you, teacher Google. Mm-hmm. Daddy Google. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. To our listeners, if you uh, have listened to our past episodes, this is our first ever repeat guest. We have Teacher Andrea back in the house because, frankly, mm-hmm. there is just too much to go over with the teacher, and so we needed another round. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Is this what the people want? This is what the people want. It's we got, what the people demanded, frankly. They demanded it. They were like, we're going to stop listening to your podcast if you don't bring the teacher back. They, they were like, we're going to go to uh, school board meetings and we're going to protest yes. this. And I was like, no, no, that's happening too much already for bullshit yes. reasons. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I I swore I wasn't going to get into that stuff right away. Andrea, how have you been? How is – I don't even – okay. Are you on winter break? I am not on winter break at the moment. Okay. Uh, we are in that period between Thanksgiving break and winter break. So mm. we're kind of just trying to herd everybody over the finish line at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. The students are tired. The teachers are tired. <laughs> Just like, hey, we have, we all have a countdown going. So there's like a week. There's like a week and a half left, and then we get our December break. Ooh, for how long? Two weeks. Nice. Yeah. Now, if I recall, aren't there major tests like right after you get back, or before um, you leave, right? Or, or before? I guess, yeah, yeah, I think it depends on like the, yeah, what cycle your school is on or your district is on um Mm. so like for high schoolers they have 
I think the high schoolers in my district are having finals this week and next Ooh, week. Okay. So they'll take care of that before break. But our semester actually ends in January. So my middle schoolers, we're just kind of, we just kind of like pause for a two week break and then we reconvene in January. Hmm. We don't really do finals. That's oh, right. Sweet. I guess middle school doesn't do that. Mm-mm. Which is nice. Because everything else is a hellscape. Um, they will have you- plenty of time to be stressed about finals later in their that's lives. True. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's true. Andrea, do you watch Pen15? Um, I do not, but I have seen a few episodes. Yeah. What are – is it – I mean, I know it's more of being a middle schooler in the 90s, which <laughs> I can relate to, but what what was your take on the show when you saw it? It's really funny. It's so funny. It's really funny. Um, I my husband enjoys it, uh, so he like roped me into watching with him. And it's a very specific kind of humor that mm-hmm. I'm not always in the mood for, but when I am in the mood, it is hilarious. Yeah, and I just have to give props to the two main actors. Like they are just they're so funny, and they're I, so good at it. Yeah, and I just appreciate how they really lean into the awkwardness and like Mm -hmm. grossness of being in middle school Mm -hmm. uh and just in a in like a really funny way like yeah and you're totally right about being in the right mindset because um the second part of the season just came out and it's going to be their last season and i was ready to binge it but it can be a little heavy sometimes just because it's so uh, I, I I haven't watched the movie Eighth Grade yet because I honestly feel like I won't be able to handle it. But it kind of is like that where it's just it feels like it's going to be very emotional and not where my mind can handle. Totally. I also did not watch the movie Eighth Grade. I thought it would hit a little too close to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear it's beautiful, though. I did hear good things as well. Um. So... Joyce, where do we want to go today with this? Because we we've got yeah. our teacher friend uh for another forty five or like forty five minutes. Yes, ish. and we have covered a lot of the basics of um what teachers do at a very high level. We talked a little bit more specifically about Andrea's um, experience and the joy that she derives in teaching um at the last episode so we ain't gonna cover that this time Mm-mm. we just we just want to pick right back up where we left off and so i guess we should open up with um continuing the the conversation about eighth grade you know how people say that like high school is kind of like the best time of your life and like and middle school is kind of like the shittiest time of your life like do you feel like your students actually resonate with that hmm like in the moment while they're there is that their feeling or is it a look back and been like maybe that's how we all view it backwards but like are you seeing in the moment that kids aren't that miserable in eighth grade (laughs) yeah i i feel like on the on the whole most of my students do not appear to be as miserable as we remember middle school to be. Okay. That's And that is – it's great. Um, (laughs) I do think that a lot of the pain of being in middle school is internal. 
And oh, so true. it may not always be visible to me as their teacher if mm. they are feeling some type of way while they are, you know, living life as a 13, 14 year old. I mean, for some students, it's very visible. And, you know, for extreme cases, like we deal with it. But on the whole, like my kids are pretty well adjusted in eighth grade. I feel like they're all cooler than I was when I was in eighth grade. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the, yes, these kids are so cool. And I feel, I don't know if this is something that you have, I don't know if this is just something I see from the outside, but it feels like they're more engaged on social issues now. Mm-hmm. They're, um, I don't know how that's affect bullying because it, it right. feels like things that people used to bully for would be considered um, very ignorant. And uh, so I don't know. Have you noticed that there's been a change in um, how, not how kids bully, but like how how that dynamic works mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this day and age? A hundred percent. And it's, it's just shifted where the bullying happens. Mm. Now, what do you mean by that? You know, now it's all online. Oh, gosh. It's through Snapchat. It's on TikTok. It's in the comment section. It's in their DMs. And for for the eighth graders who do have access to a smartphone and who have social media accounts, they, you know, they can witness that kind of interaction occurring. So even if it's not happening at school, um, we do see the impacts of like online bullying. I see. And is that is that like do, do teachers within like within your teacher community like is there a feeling of like hey we have responsibility to either correct for this or manage this in some way? So most of the time for me personally I am not involved in the like addressing of this issue. It's usually an administration or mm. like a principal or vice principal. Um, we'll like get a report from a student, right? That this is happening to me or this is happening to one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they they have to like call in the kids or talk to their families or whatever and kind of try to get to the bottom of it. As mm-hmm. a classroom teacher, I don't really, I'm never like in the middle of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny. while I know that it it occurs, I'm not personally dealing with the fallout or the, you know, trying to like mediate all that. Gotcha. Yeah. But I do feel for my students because, you know, like I'm not saying any kind of bullying is good, but in terms of social media bullying versus in-person bullying, Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, I feel like there's a little bit of a hierarchy. Like on social media, people oh. are vicious. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they have nonstop access to you. You know, yeah, so you're you can't a target. Go home. Like, yeah. Right. You can't turn that off. I mean, maybe you can block them or whatever, but once it's out there, it's out there. And then the kids talk about that at school. Gosh. Oh. And then, oh. you know, so now like whatever rumors have started. So now like People are talking and it's kind of like a quieter, more sinister bullying to me um, than like, oh, meet me behind the locker room after school. I'm going to punch you in the face. You know, like yeah. it's not so much that it's mm, it's a little bit more like undercurrent bullying. Ooh, yikes. That that sounds so psychologically fucked up. 
I feel bad for for kids growing up in the age of social media. Let's burn it all down. (laughs) (laughs) I want, uh, I mean, look, I'm, I'm really pushing for a post society type thing. Like, oh yeah, that's right. The survivor group. Yeah. um, Andrea, if you'd like to be the educator of our uh, post society (laughs) group, we have this uh, piece of land in Nowheresville in some state that I won't Mm. share. And Mm -hmm. Look, I'm just going to say I'm going to put together a plan and when it went like we're not going to be a part of it, but like we're going to be like, OK, things are not looking good because uh, like apparently there's like an asteroid coming too. Um, uh, cool beans. Cool beans. <gasps> Is there um, always an asteroid coming? No, they're making a big deal about this one. Oh um, well, actually, Andrea, this is science. So let me um, – <laughs> Um, so I, the, I, I listen to the daily sometimes and at the end, have you ever listened to the daily? I have. And you know how at the end they're like, uh, you know, in other news sort of thing. And they're like, in uh, like NASA is testing a rocket to hit an asteroid and see if it can deflect it to, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, uh, mm-hmm. so Armageddon the movie, we love mm-hmm. it, but what? And then I started getting ads or like Google, like stories saying that there's an asteroid that's going to come very close to us December 11th. Yeah. And so, um, you know, what, what's the word in the science world right now? Are, are you guys talking about this asteroid? Like what's up? You just got to let the <laughs> experts handle it. Like, honestly, um, I'm not, like, a huge space uh, nerd, like, enthusiast, Mm. Um, but those astrophysicists, they are so incredibly smart. Yeah. Um, They know what they're doing, and I'm sure that there have been a lot of close calls that we have (laughs) had no idea about because they're handling it. Like, Mm -hmm. they have a whole, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, like, a whole division I don't know. You people fact check me on this. I'm pretty sure there's a whole division. We don't have has- a fact checking department. <laughs> no, we can, we can, hey, hey, checker. Sitting Daddy in Google over there. Hey, can you? <laughs> you Sorry. Get, Sorry, get go a on. Little, uh, get a little Gen Z intern in on that. Oh, cute. Um, cute. They're good at that. They're good at fact checking. Uh, yeah, like I feel like they have an entire division of people who literally just watch out for things that might come and try to hit earth and Mm. and then do something about it so yeah like the very i haven't done any research on what their plan is for this particular one but yeah i heard they're gonna like shoot something at it to collide into it and like kind of shift it from its predicted trajectory a little bit Mm -hmm. and then apparently that'll be enough now, is that do kids like in uh, in class? Do they like bring up things that are in the news that might be science related, or maybe even not? And they're like, "Teacher Andrea, oh, and by the way, uh, there's yard work going on outside my house, and so if you can hear that, I'm so sorry. Uh, I just couldn't ignore it any longer. Um, but do they bring things up like, Teacher Andrea, like um, this thing happened, or like?" Uh, I don't know. Like, do, do, do they engage you on topical things and try to get your take on it or have you explain what's going on? Um, occasionally, if it's related to something that we are already discussing, kids will mm. bring things up. Um, but, you know, for the most part, like, not really. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of an example. 
Um, oh, okay. So in 2020, like the 2019-2020 school year, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a unit that we, we learn about called um, Human Impact on the Environment. So basically, we discuss wow. climate change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so I was having the kids work on kind of like this open-ended assignment. And um, I didn't – I did not bring up anything regarding politics. Right. But uh-huh. um, <laughs> we're getting into it, guys. We're getting – let's go there. But, You're segueing in the segue <laughs> we want to segue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, it's kind of hard for students who are aware of current events to not bring politics into the discussion of climate change. Right. So students were bringing up, um, you know, that at the time President Trump had pulled the United States out of the Paris Mm -hmm. Climate Agreement Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that there is like certain legislation that's being passed or not being passed or whatever, right? And I had this one kid like go on a legit rant and I kind of just let him. And <laughs> he was like ranting about, um, you know, the big corporations, the lobbyists, like all of these factors that are really bigger than the individual, right? right. That are playing a, a huge role in contributing to climate change. And, um, and yeah, so like, you know, the lesson had started, like, I had in my mind, like, oh, we're going to have this, like, nice lesson on, um, you know, learning about the effects of climate change. And then we're going to talk about, like, potential solutions. And then the kids were just like, uh, no, like, we need to get the government on board, first of all, you know, and second of all, like, all these corporations, like, they're all profiting off of XYZ. And if Solution, board, eat the rich, yeah. eat the rich. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's like that. Okay. Um, you know, so I kind of like let them talk it out and it was great, you know. Uh, but that's like the biggest example I can think of in terms of bringing current events into the classroom. And they don't even really ask me what I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, usually I do try to give a little bit more of a uh, – I wouldn't say like neutral necessarily, but um, a more like scientifically backed answer. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I think Joyce would probably know where which way I would lean if I was just free to talk about my personal views. But I also don't want to alienate students who are growing up in families who might think differently from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like like in that rant, especially when the students kind of got involved, <laughs> like were yeah. they – were they well researched? Was it just, you know, like were they? Did it feel like they were, like, mm-hmm. repeating back what they've heard, or was it? Did it feel like they had done the research themselves and it was well backed? Um, I think that I could definitely tell that they are from families who probably consume, you know, like very specific news sources. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, like I want to give my students credit. I, I have a lot of bright students who really are passionate about staying up on current events and at the same time like they're in eighth grade so also what their parents discuss at the dinner table will have an impact on what they think and what they're bringing into the classroom right um you know if anything comes up in like a student's commentary or rant that is actually incorrect Mm -hmm. I will like step in and be like oh 
you know, yeah. let's pause there and, you know, you know, like address that. Yeah. Um, but he did not say anything wrong. Like incorrect, mm. actually incorrect. Like right, everything right. he was saying was true and it might not be, you know, you might not personally like what he's saying, but it wasn't. Um, yeah, it was all true stuff. Well, I think, yeah. I think especially being the science teacher and all of this, right. um, with, with what we're talking about in the vaccines and the masks and, you know, so this is something that, you know, maybe we can just move in this direction a little bit, uh, oh, as yeah. <laughs> as having, is, um, and this is a big reason why we wanted to talk to you again, Andrea, is because teachers are literally in the crosshairs of every single, uh, everything, every single social, mm-hmm. like conversation right now, mm-hmm. debate, and it is, um, you know, you are all unionized, and that's, you know, while while it might not make the big news every, uh, like, you know, every day, that's something that. Um, is a hotly debated topic. You've got the vaccines and the masks, and you, as a science teacher, you know the uh, the, the scientific backing of the effectiveness of the vaccines is like something that you know. I don't know if that comes up in the classroom, but then you know you've got evolution that gets brought up. Uh, mm-hmm. The the cr- Christianity and uh, wanting to include that critical race theory, which might not hit your classroom. Um, but, you know, even more, um, you know, to, to be very sensitive, especially with what happened with in Oxford last week uh, with gun control and school shootings. And um, so, I mean, this is kind of like a serious direction that we're going in. But um, how does that affect you as an individual who everyone knows teachers don't make the most money? You have a completely taxing job. And you are also having to work through all of this with all of these different debates going around you. And you're just trying to do your best job educating our future, like, generations to run the world. I, wh- What's your very broad take on that? Like, how do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to get to something more specific, but... <laughs> But how do you feel? Yeah. It's going to turn into a therapy session. I mean, honestly, it is heavy and it gets loud. Mm. Um, Because as I'm sure you can imagine, the discourse that is happening in the media is happening in our students' homes. Right. And they can sometimes bring that to the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, depending on what teachers you talk to, I think many would agree that the way that society treats teachers in public school in, in America as a whole uh, is really reflected in how in what they expect teachers to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that this is necessarily a new problem. We just have like new uh, topics, I guess, or um, new issues that get brought up. But if you're thinking big picture, public school has always kind of been like 
society's solution to all of the ailments, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, uh-huh. like for example, um, poverty, especially child poverty. It's mm. a big issue in our country. Uh-huh. And considering we're one of the wealthier nations in the world and we have supposedly access to resources, um, child poverty is still a thing. Uh-huh. And so instead of investing in communities, instead of raising minimum wage so that people can work a 40-hour week and not still be in poverty, mm-hmm. um, we say to the schools, hey, if we give you like a little bit more funding, would you just like make sure the kids eat breakfast and lunch? Mm. And and that's like their Band-Aid solution. Mm. You know, so like that's one very small example, but I feel like I see that reflected uh, in other instances where, yeah, like where like public school is kind of the place where, well, oh, there's like a societal problem. Well, that's fine. Like the teachers will feed the kids. Oh. Well, I mean, even I'm just you mentioning that as like segregation mm-hmm. that all got you know, the battleground was on school grounds, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it feels like they, they let the children and the teachers all work it out. Mm -hmm. And it's, it it doesn't actually solve any systemic problems. And that was something you mentioned a lot in the last podcast was Mm -hmm. just the systemic problems. That's something that you have to constantly kind of uh, center your, like not, you have to, you have to be kind to yourself and when you're considering the systemic problems of this situation. For sure. Like it runs so deep within every aspect of our country. And that all kind of echoes into public school from one direction or another, right? Either with like how the school system is actually set up or um, if you're looking at like certain communities and what access is, what uh, resources they have access to, um, you know, all of it impacts the school. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what the actual cause of those issues are, you know, we as teachers and, and public educators, we have to like f- try to find solutions to that. And, um, you know, it's it's not fair. Like it's not a fair burden to place on teachers at all. No. But that's kind of like, what it is like in an, in an American mm. public school. So then how, like, how do you, you and other teachers manage that? Like, there, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are there yeah. groups that kind of like support one another or like if, if there are resources that are not coming directly from, uh, you know, like uh, the people who are like, Hey, go fix this. Um, where do you turn? Right. Yeah. So there's um, a couple of avenues that I personally have tried and this is obviously specific to my school and my district and how things are organized. Um, And also I should mention that I do teach in California. So we are part of teachers unions, but Mm -hmm. not everybody is in the United States. Uh, Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like in Texas, teachers are not allowed to form or join unions. I don't think they have any unions in Texas. They are a, I think it's called like right to work or something like that's their anti-union 
kind of like legislation. Cool. Yeah. So, um, solidarity with my teachers in Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Like, like, do you, I guess that's a good point too, is that like, are like, do you have access to communities that span across different states to be able to kind of like talk through these things or like to provide support for like, mm-hmm. you know, teachers in Texas who are maybe struggling with that more? Like, I'm so curious what it looks like for teachers. Yeah. Um, so in terms of unions, there is a like national teachers union. And then um, we have our like California state teachers union. And then down from there, there's like district uh, unions. So there is kind of like a hierarchy of, you know, depending on what the issues are, you might go to first your school site union representative and they might bring it to your district representative who might bring it to your regional or state representative, you know, like depending on what the issue is. If it is a union issue, um, then you, you know, as a teacher, you would have like those levels of support depending Uh on whatever the event was or what happened. and sorry, um, what like if you go to the respective union that is like um, responsible or somehow tied to like the issue at hand, mm-hmm. do they then go to like the policymakers or like what do what, oh, what can I they see. do? Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, like we're kind of just talking about it at a very high level. So yeah. um, I I would say that the most reasonable route I see in my mind would be that the union reps would take whatever concerns that teachers are saying, you know, for the state, like these are Mm -hmm. the things that we kind of want to focus on. And then they might have a lobbyist or whoever, I don't really know if that's the right name for it, Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of push for our legislators to put a bill through or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, but I'm not like super fluent in that aspect of policy change. Mm-hmm. Generally, He's a I science teacher, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, generally, like if if there is an issue that's kind of like more close to home or within our site or within our district, because I am in a pretty small small district, like everyone kind of knows each other. Yeah. So. I would just like go to my principal and be like, Hey, like I see that this is an issue. Is there anything we can do about it? Um, and, or like go to somebody who works in the district level and basically say the same thing. Hey, like I see that this is an issue. What can we do about it? Um, you know, as is probably true about every corporate type job or anything else, there is a lot of red tape and or barriers to making changes, especially systemic ones. Mm-hmm. And especially if they cost money. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, because, you know, as a school district, like we're not exactly raking in all the cash. Um, yeah. So, you know, like if if I did, 
hypothetically go to somebody at the district and was like, hey, like, I really think, you know, teachers are saying that there's a need here for X, Y, Z. Right. And we would need some funding for like this to occur. Mm-hmm. They could be like, oh, well, Andrea, that's a great idea. And we'll look into that. But like, you know, that's not a priority for us this year, you know, and that's kind of the canned oh. answer you might get. Um, so like, yeah. Like, okay, so dumb example, right? Like, let's mm-hmm. say, like, uh, you guys are running out of pens or I don't know, something like <laughs> yeah. that, right? And you're like, excuse me, district, um, we need more pens. Mm-hmm. Then, like, best case scenario, they would make a policy change or get some funding mm-hmm. for whatever future time frame is that, like, they can, and then you would have to wait for pens. <laughs> like like is that is am I understanding that correctly <laughs> or are there like other places where hypothetically you could get pens <laughs> uh, this real quick so break funny. uh this is uh this episode is brought to you by staples <laughs> staples we've got your pens hey school pens no <laughs> we're back um, with so what do you do uh andrea how do you get your pens <laughs> it's so no, funny I'm, because um, i'm curious like what if you really no, need something question. yeah it's just okay i have to share this really quick because there's this meme that i've seen this teacher meme that I've seen where it says something like teaching. It's the only job where you steal from home to bring stuff to work. That's oh. so funny. And it's true, you guys. Like, Wait. I don't have it- good my good pens at home. Like, all- Oh, no. <laughs> like, they're all at work. You know? Okay, wait. Wait, so <laughs> the teacher- this is real. I- pens. <laughs> School need pens, you guys. This is real. Oh school need pen. We need, <laughs> we need <laughs> school people. Write this down. Take notes. With what? <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrea, is the yeah. uh, is the teacher meme game strong? Oh, you know, um, because I'm a teacher, I think the memes and the TikToks and the whatevers like hit differently because, um. Like, yeah, like teacher humor, I feel like is very specific, you know? <laughs> so for example, you know, I've seen some TikToks uh, from teachers um, kind of like making light of certain situations that might occur in the classroom, you know, with certain students. And it's like obviously meant to be a joke, but then you look at the comment section and it's like clearly the people who are not teachers take offense or they're like, oh, oh I would not want you to be my child's teacher and blah, blah, blah. You know, but, like, obviously that teacher wouldn't actually say those things to the students. But, right. you know, they made a joke TikTok because that's what TikTok is for. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what the original question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, like, the meme game for teachers. Yeah. Just because there's so much shared experience, <laughs> yeah. I feel like. Because even though I'm not a teacher, that what, – what you described as the meme – I makes a ton of sense because that is something that is known about teachers is, uh, you know, please donate to my GoFundMe so I can like Mm -hmm. have crayons for my kindergartners. You know, it's like stuff like that where you're like, oh, this is like this is the dystopian society like that we all just comfortably, you know, cozy it into. It's like, yeah, give me money to like, um, educate the future. But um, classes need pens. They need pens. Uh, Staples, where, yeah. um, yeah, like okay, seriously. Can Staples send my school 
another copy machine because seriously, we have one for the entire school and it has been breaking down at least <laughs> once a week. <laughs> we Staples. need a second one, you guys. Staples, I'm going to say this to you right now. Um, <laughs> if you don't send Andrea's district a copy machine, you hate teachers and you hate kids. So if you want that to be what people think of you, then don't send them a copy machine. But if you like teachers and you support teachers, then you'll send them a freaking copy machine. It's not like you have business with the Staples Center in LA anymore. It's CryptoNet.com now. You've got You've got other things to do. Staples. Rebrand Staples. Rebrand, help the teachers. Um, um, wait, so Andrea, I, yeah. I mean, one of the, I was talking to some friends the other day and we were all regaling about what our favorite jobs are. And I noticed a trend with all of us that some of our favorite jobs all centered around our coworkers mm. and like the fun that we have with our coworkers. And I feel like, you know, teachers are presented pretty often in like TV and media and whatnot. And it always feels like there is this kind of camaraderie or Mm -hmm. um, enemies or like whatever it may be. But like, can you give us a little bit more insight of what the real dish is on, you know, your coworker teachers, how you become friends? Do you become friends? Do you become enemies? Like (laughs) what, what, Mm -hmm. what's the, what's the inside deal on that? I bet it's very similar to any other workplace um, Mm. where there, you know, there is going to be a certain level of politics and um, because we're human, like some, some teachers uh, are more prone to mm, immature behaviors than (laughs) others probably. Yo. (laughs) And I am not like saying that that is the case at my current school at all. Yeah. Um, but I will say that to survive teaching, mm. like you, you gotta have teacher friends mm. because they will keep you sane. You know, when at the end of the day, when you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that actually happened today. I need to tell somebody. Mm. A teacher friend will understand <laughs> what you just yeah. went through. Mm-hmm. Um. So I feel like that is super important. Yeah, so you know, for for new teachers, I would say you know, like be careful who you spend time with because they will either be somebody who helps you like rejuvenate after a long day or they could train you. And yeah. you know, like not all not all teachers are good and great and and or in a good mental place. So, you do yeah. want to choose people who can help build you up especially after a rough day like I have for sure cried in front of several of my teacher friends um Mm -hmm. after a hard day and they get it you know like uh it's just so important so important to have that support system that's such good advice too sorry (laughs) like to like to be cognizant of who you're bringing in uh to to serve you versus like drain you sorry Joyce yeah. you continue. no that's fine that's fine um yeah I was gonna ask about like what the what is the sentiment like when like within the community of like teacher friends is it like uh-huh. oh fuck just live to fight another day kind of thing or is it like a, <laughs> you know what I mean like like or is it like like well this these are the things that we can really do to like 
make a change in this or you know what I mean? I'm like curious about like what the sentiment is in that community, especially with like everything that's happening, like Jen said. Hmm. I feel like it's um it's one of those things where when, you know, like when I pass a teacher on campus and we like acknowledge each other and we're like, hey, how are you? And the other mm-hmm. person's like, mm. and, uh-huh. you know, and then I'm like, I understand. Uh-huh. It's like a teacher like, language. Yeah. Like, and we have been through so much since, um, you know, the pandemic and then now yeah. and then with the recent school shooting, like stuff just gets heavy. And as a teacher, you don't really have the luxury of spending a good chunk of your day, like ruminating on. Yeah on your feelings, right? You kind of have to compartmentalize and turn it off. Put on put on your show, right? Teach your lessons, be be happy, be positive for your kids. Oof. Be the support that they need, uh-huh. right? Um and then at the end of the day, like I said earlier, your teacher friends are there to kind of like support you in whatever. Um so in terms of like what the what the vibe is with teachers now, I think it just depends on the person. Like mm-hmm. for someone like me who's pretty I, – I would consider myself a pretty sensitive person. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I do hold on to a lot of that outside stuff more. Outside stuff? You know, mm-hmm. like the stuff in the news. Oh, or yeah. Okay. Whatever, okay right? Uh-huh, like uh-huh. That things not immediately happen. happening in your school. In the classroom. But things, uh-huh. but right. things that relate to your classroom. Yeah. Right. Like I feel like I – I definitely have to put in more effort to shut that part of my brain off Mm. and just be like, you know, okay, let's be present now. You have students coming in in two minutes. Like, you know, let's get the show on the road. Whereas other teachers, um, you know, may not either may not be like consuming as much of the news Uh or, you know, that outside Uh kind of information Mm -hmm. and or they're just not as sensitive to it. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it comes down to the individual. Um, yeah. Yeah. It could also um, be a coping mechanism too, where it's like a- right. after a certain amount of time, you just you're like, I'm not going to consume this anymore because it's yeah. going to drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask a question and I'm like, I'm happy to take this out of the podcast if you, if you aren't comfortable. Um, but like, I I feel like there's a sense of, hey, like we kind of need to put on a brave face, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like there's always been this sense that like teachers like are dealing with so much bullshit, mm-hmm. but – and yet they're they're not expect – they're not allowed to talk about it mm-hmm. as much. And I think that that's always been surprising to me, especially like you said in the past several years. Um, and so I like I think my question is like why do you think that is? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, It definitely is frustrating um, because since the pandemic, for example, the messaging from our district and our administrators has always been like, you know, give students grace. Like they are working through a pandemic. Their whole lives have been turned upside down. Be patient with them. Be extra caring. Right. Give them extra grace. And I understand that. Like, yeah, of course, you know, we want to do that for our students. Mm-hmm. Um, but who's doing that for us? Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of been a, a large source of frustration um, for many teachers 
I can't speak for everybody, but I, I know at least for myself and um, some of my coworkers and some of the teachers I see on TikTok but don't know personally, <laughs> right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That is a pretty common sentiment, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting because if we want to get like really um, into societal commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, the teaching profession has always been primarily dominated by women. Yeah. Yeah. I was was just thinking that too. Yeah. And if you kind of think about the lens through which a patriarchal society views the role of women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's to do a lot of work, but don't make it look like work. And don't complain about it. Don't complain about it. Be, be grateful that you even have a job. Oh God. And um, you know, you get summers off and you only work during the school day and, you know, so and like – you only have to do like three active shooter drills a year. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like – Stop complaining. You stop know? complaining. Yeah. Like and we're just going to train you how to have a firearm yeah. so you can like stop complaining. And it's do, it for, of... yeah, do right, it for the kids. Yeah, for the kids. Exactly. And also um, when society like isn't exactly what we want it to be, it's like oh, – it was the teachers. It's like, no, yeah. it's like, holy shit, dude. <sighs> so yeah, I do I, think there's an element of that, like, um, kind of embedded into how we have historically seen the role of a teacher. Yeah. Um, and that has just kind of like bled through into modern day where we do expect teachers to kind of be martyrs and not complain right. about it. But how, like, like, I think I'm still surprised at how much it's able to withstand. Mm. You know, like we have pressure tested that mm-hmm. like a shit ton these past couple of years, these past several years. And I'm still shocked that that's still holding up. I'm still shocked that like there aren't teachers like running out in droves and in masses like well, talking like very <laughs> yeah. vocally about this, right? Yeah, um, I totally hear you. And I actually really appreciate that you've even noticed that because I don't even know if people, um, I don't know, like, really understand that that's the case. And I do, I mean, we are seeing a a mass like exodus of teachers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that this has something to do with it. Uh, I also think that as the newer generations of teachers come up, um, you know, like millennials and then Gen Z, these generations who are a little bit more okay, like pushing back Uh, and uh having boundaries. And I don't know, I'm kind of hoping that there will be kind of a natural tide shift, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, maybe that's too optimistic. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, like teacher, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, teacher turnover rate mm-hmm. is really, really high. And I remember in grad school, my professors telling us that, um, you know, Hey, like if you get through the first five years of your career, like you will already be in like the top, whatever percentage of like teachers, who didn't oh quit God. in their first five years of teaching. Yeah. Like I it's did not know that. that. I didn't know that. I always thought that it was like a, oh, you get tenured, so you see teachers in their roles forever. 
But then it's like, and maybe this isn't a fair um, assumption. I just had one teacher that was like a little shithead to me. So I think Mm. about this. Um, Is the teachers that are maybe not, um, maybe a little bit more desensitized, maybe a little bit more uh, Mm. like compartmentalized, they can just separate themselves a bit more and they can get themselves to tenure and then it's like peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's for a teacher that truly got into teaching because they care about the students and they want to make a difference and getting into the environment to see what it really is. Like, would you say that's the individual that is most likely to be disenfranchised Um, or like, you know, uh, to, to, you know, a trit like in that situation or is it like, what, what are your thoughts about those that, um, that leave? Cause I do want to say, Andrea, I know that you are, you care deeply about your students, but it also, it's, uh, it, it, you can hear that, like, it's not something that you don't like live with each day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's something that you're compartmentalizing and working through and all of that. So it's not easy, but I don't know. Do you have a sense of like who is actually um, attriting early on? Hmm. I don't have like real data on this. Again, your fact checker is going to need to look this up. Daddy Google. (laughs) Thank you, fact checker department. Um, Oh, wait. Google just got um, activated on my phone. Hold on. Someone. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, wait. Continue. Oh, wait. Google. (laughs) I'm asleep. (laughs) um yeah I think that hmm I think that the teachers who are able to stay long term have have to have a strong support system Mm. and um have to be like I don't know that's the right phrase but like mentally strong kind of where Mm mm-hmm uh, you do have to kind of like force yourself to be numb to certain things so that you can continue to do your job. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, this is definitely something that I still work through because I am a sensitive person and, <laughs> <laughs> and I am an introvert. And so like when I am expelling so much energy, in my relationships with my students and like making these connections with people, right? Like that requires a lot of me. And then on top of like the negative energy that teachers can sometimes get from the media and whatever, and from society Mm -hmm. in general, you know, like it, it's heavy. Like there are a lot of days where I just look at my husband and I'm like, Hey, like, do we have enough money? So, you know, like, can I quit yet? (laughs) Kind of, you know, like, yeah. Half joking, but not really joking. You know, yeah. like I've kind of had enough. Um, and I'm. that's not to say that like the people who don't make it to their f- fifth year teaching are weak in any way. Like, oh, yeah. I just, right, like, right. I'm just – I was there too. Like I, my first year teaching, um, I didn't make it to spring break. Like at that school, I quit before spring break. Oh my God. Because I didn't have a strong support system at the school. Mm -hmm. Um, The structural issues at the school were just too great for me to ignore. And I felt like, uh, as a brand new teacher, like I was not equipped to compartmentalize yet. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. all those structural issues were impacting me and how I taught in my classroom. So I didn't, I didn't even make it to spring break. I just, I quit. Um, And that was really hard. 
I cried on my last day. That was really sad. Um, But yeah, uh, once, you know, I shopped around a little bit more and I found another school, my coworkers were so much better. Like um, Mm. the support system was there, you know, so even though I did have, I still had really rough days with students, Mm -hmm. um, but I had, you know, like peers to fall back on and, and help with that. So. And it seems to like, that just sucks so much because I'm guessing that the kids had nothing to do with the environment that you were at at that first school. Yet oh, here, yeah. here it is. Like mm-hmm. this is the situation, and I'm sure that that affected hundreds of students. You know yep. that that was that was the case. Yeah, it was. Um, sorry, oh, go on. sorry. I was just gonna say, like, now that I'm reminiscing about that on the day that I announced that I was leaving. Um, one of my more challenging students came to visit me after school and he was a kid who spoke essentially no English. He only spoke Spanish and he came into my room and he sat down at a desk and he didn't even say anything to me. He just sat down at a desk and put his head down and started to cry. Oh Um, my God. And, um, (laughs) and then like a couple of minutes later, like his, his buddies walked in and I was like, you guys like what what happened is something ha- what's wrong and they just looked at me and they said he thinks it's his fault that you're <gasps> oh my gosh oh my god so yeah so that broke my heart absolutely <sighs> like i had already spent the entire day basically like bawling my eyes out yeah. because i'm like, leaving my oh. students i love them so yeah. much <laughs> it's like not their fault right oh, um and so i had to go over and like comfort this little boy and like tell him like no i love you so much I'm going to miss you so much. It is not your fault. Like he had rough days. Let me tell you, he had rough days. Um, But, you know, like apparently we still had a connection and he was, um, you know, like. And that was your first year? That was my first year. Holy mother. And they left, they left notes on my car (gasps) (laughs) in like highlighter and like ripped out binder paper. I'm pretty sure I still have them somewhere, but they were like, you know, they were like, we'll miss you. Goodbye to our prettiest and best teacher. Like it was (laughs) like, (laughs) I I like totally cried (laughs) when I saw them. You know what though? This is heartbreaking, but I, I'm hopeful. Like, I don't want anyone to have to go through this, but I'm hopeful someone hears this and it cements their, like their desire to want to be a teacher because that's such a huge impact on someone, right? Yeah. To like, and I know it, I, like, I, I don't mean to demean it at all, but it just shows how important you are in these kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it just feels like it's more of a call to us as adults that we just need to get our shit together. Not like yeah. teachers. Teachers are perfect. Um, <laughs> no one no one say anything bad about teachers, especially you. Stables. You better fucking give Stables, us. I swear to you God. In the coffee machine. <laughs> give us everything. Um, uh, but um, – I, I, I need to um, abruptly transition uh, into potentially more of a speed round. Um, yeah. Yeah, a little can- lighter because we're, we're, we're over time and you're a teacher and very aware of your time and you probably need to unwind. But um, Joyce, do you have anything? Yeah, I actually wanted to like, we've definitely gotten emotional here. Um, <laughs> this is definitely something that is like very, like something that like I think a lot of people can feel very like strongly about yeah. what 
what is the best way that people can help? Oh. Hmm. I think that the most tangible way for people to help is to get involved at the local level with their school board and their own school district, like in your neighborhood. Mm. Um, if there's something that you feel passionately about regarding public education and or teachers, then your local school board should be hearing from you. Mm-hmm. Um, there is usually like contact information listed online and they should have regular meetings. Um, nowadays they're probably virtual, I'm guessing. Well, depending on where you live, maybe they're in person now, but you should be showing up and there is always a spot for public comment. And so whatever you want to say, you should say, um, would this apply to someone that doesn't have a child in that district or a child at all? Uh, Sure. Because you live in that community, like it, you know the the school district affects the entire community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, if there's something you want to say, let the school board know because um, they do have some decision making power, mm-hmm. uh, and usually the people who sit in on that meeting include like the the people in charge of budgeting and the superintendent and you know like all the kind of big decision makers. Um, and oftentimes, unfortunately, uh, what teachers, the issues that teachers bring up tend to, uh, I feel like they don't really do anything <laughs> about what teachers say. And again, yeah. this depends on the district. Like I don't want to be bashing everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. Um, but community members and other stakeholders in the area, you know, if you if there's a concern you have and you bring it up, like, I feel like that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So start mm-hmm. local um, and take care of your teachers in your area. That's my answer. And are there are there other like, I guess, like, like. When I hear that, when I hear like, oh, yeah, you can go and talk to someone who might pay attention to you <laughs> like that that feels so like frustrating for me because yeah. it's like like I want to do more right mm-hmm. and like for people who are very passionate about that like are there are there like I don't know union groups or places where they can donate or you know mm. like like volunteer at or something a little bit more like actionable that that oh. from your perspective is quite helpful to the teacher community because I wanted to just add too, like you said you were spending all of your time trying to like compartmentalize so you can teach the kids. <laughs> right. And so there's not a lot of like energy after that. So perhaps other people can help with that. So yeah, just seconding what Joy said. Okay. Um, I would say like if you got some money that you want to spend. Like- I don't, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> and well, not including you two. Fun employment. <laughs> Thank <friend>. you. Listeners. <laughs> um, Listen, Staples. Listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say like yeah for listeners there um there's donors choose which is a website where teachers who need some money to fund certain classroom projects or um materials will list what they need money for and you can Uh select where your money goes and that directly goes to a teacher and a classroom so you're directly impacting their students 
Nice. Um, and so if it's, you know, if it's an issue of like, well, I don't really have time to like go to a school board meeting, um, you know, you can donate some money to a teacher and help them fulfill whatever project they're trying to work on. Um, so yeah, I would say like maybe donating money is another route. Like I know some teachers have Amazon wish lists or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where you could go local as well. Um, even if you don't have school age children or children at all, like sometimes they're just listed on the websites or you could even just like um, write a check to the school and just say like, this is for the, you know, whatever English department or I don't know. <laughs> this is going to mm-hmm. go toward, this should go towards like science department. Yeah. Science department. Andrew, what are you doing? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be, trying to spread out the money. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I also, I mean, pre-COVID, right? Like we would also ask for like community tutors or like mm. volunteers to come, um, oh. you know, speak to the students. Like we have a career day sometimes and things like that. So, you know, if you, if time is something that you'd like to give and you'd like to interact directly with students, sometimes there are volunteer opportunities that can bring visitors in. Mm-hmm. Um, you can coach. Oh my gosh, sign up to coach. Wait, can you if you're not a teacher? Um, it depends on <laughs> it depends. Um okay. I'm sure that you have to do some kind of like background check and like fingerprinting. <laughs> sure. Uh, but like everything will be very fine for me. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways. Um, because yeah, like I'm like, otherwise they're gonna make a teacher do it. You know what I mean? And like some teachers are happy mm. to coach, but others like we're kind of stiff armed into it because, you know, you played like one sport one time like years ago and they're like, Oh, mm. Hey, you're qualified. We need a oh, body, okay. you know, okay, okay. to coach volleyball. So, um, you know, so volleyball. if you have like a sports background, like come coach, like do oh, it. it's so I didn't know this. I yeah. I like, didn't know this either. I thought you just had to be a teacher to be a coach. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like there's yeah. some situations where that's still the case, but I, it probably just depends on the school and the level um, of athletics. Like, you know, you're probably not going to be coaching varsity football, Jen, but you know, like uh, middle school. You don't know that challenge accepted. You know what? My this bad. The, my bad. This is the ignorance of teachers. <laughs> I'm on the side of Staples now. Staples was right. Teachers are bad. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I guess you're going to have to fire me. No. Um, wait, okay. Um, uh question because we are like we're we're well over and i'm sure you've got like uh i have nothing to do but sleep i will not sleep for a while i have a (gasps) time okay um well is eighth (laughs) you teach eighth grade right eighth grade science yeah yeah is that when they dissect the frog (laughs) (laughs) it is not when they dissect the frogs um (gasps) i thought that was yeah that used to be seventh grade which i used to teach so i did used to teach that lab that was fun. Mm. Yeah. My kids are like losing it. I did. Ugh. Formaldehyde. Gross. Yeah, it oh, smells. It's so gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um sure. there was um one of the more impactful science uh lessons that I ever had. This is like a biology two in high school. So this is not like a Andrea, try this. But um <laughs> we walked into the classroom and 
uh, the teacher wasn't there and we were told that it was a crime scene and we had to, um, we had to figure out, like we had to take like blood samples and like find, uh, (laughs) things around the room to then like, uh, and then we had to like figure out who did it. And I was like, I was just thinking about that as we were talking. I was like, that was before crime podcast imagine oh <laughs> like my god um so i'm just throwing that out there that i still remember that to this day is just like the immersiveness of walking in and i think the teacher was like let out by someone being like i didn't do it <laughs> like or, <laughs> oh i think that was it we had to like prove that our teacher didn't murder someone i don't know oh my um, god that's but, so cool jen that's so isn't cool. that kind of a cool like uh real life thing whoever that, that teacher really was amazing Awesome. Dude, shout well out done. to that teacher because the amount of time it took to develop that, I'm sure yeah. it was, took a I, long time. I mean, that's basically theater at this yeah. point. <laughs> it's theater <laughs> and For science. Sure. And you know what? Like part of part of teaching is theater. Like you have mm-hmm. to act like you know, like you a that you're happy to be there even yeah, if you're not like everything's fine and the and world's that, not burning. Gosh. Yeah, and that b you're super excited about the lesson that's happening. And, you know, you have to come up with creative ways to present it so that it's not like, oh, hey, today we're learning about X, Y, Z. You know, you got to like spin a little story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I should God. I should probably take an improv class. Dude, I'll just teach you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you could coach improv. I could. Well. I will, I'll go to schools and I'll teach improv. I used to yeah. coach improv in New York. Hey. Hey. I'll teach stand up, but it'll get real dark. <laughs> um, I'm only done. Okay, wait. Uh, uh, last question, Andrea. Uh, when teachers hang out, do they party? Oh, oh I can I cannot disclose this information. Oh, that's the oh, oh secret secret. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Let's just say that happy hour exists for teachers. Oh, okay. okay. God, I feel like this is something that is in like media and entertainment where it's just, like when teachers have to unwind, they <laughs> fucking unwind. And that uh, <laughs> sounds uh, uh, incredible, but also like, hey, why do they have to unwind so hard? They shouldn't have yeah. to. Um, all right. Well, with that, we are going to say goodbye to teacher Andrea. Thank you so much for joining Thank us again. Thank you so much for I, part two. For part two. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, I feel like we didn't even get to into like the juicy stuff you really wanted to get into. But, <laughs> I know. You know. I was just thinking, I'm like, we're going to have to probably have you back eventually. Because like... <laughs> Because there's just like so much uh, that there's like, but I think it's important because I think a lot of people want to be teachers and I think that they make such a huge impact on society that, you know, maybe this is, uh, this is inspiring to someone who, you know, is like, yeah, that sounds like where I want to be. Because I think Mm -hmm. some people are like, look, I want to be a part of that. Like I want to, I feel like it is very meaningful work. Oh, of course. It yeah. is um, definitely. Yeah. So. Um, All right. Part three. Well, part three, <laughs> baby. All right. Uh, Jason, I will be right back after a pause in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> are doing all the work we suck please staples don't be shitheads all right welcome back to 
So what do you do? Where we find out again that, my God, the things that teachers do. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I... I don't know. I felt I felt something very like strong in that episode where it's so, you know, I've worked in the service industry mm-hmm. and something that I've been thinking about a lot with service workers and whatnot is that the emotional taxation or like you as a person giving your emotions to your uh-huh, job uh-huh. is under valued. Mm-hmm. Um it is almost seen as a uh, whatever. Um you know, it's uh, it's expected. It's expected, you yeah. know, and I think some people like I can only relate more directly to being customer service or being in the service industry. Yes, I think everyone could probably handle one transaction. I'm sure most people could handle an entire day, but if you think about day in and day out, Mm-hmm. Just your job being to be there for other people, mm-hmm. to be paid. I just think as a society, we don't value that. Um, mm-hmm. We think of it as the most entry level of positions. And I was thinking during the um, podcast that I I think teachers go into their job because they want to be there for students or they have to become so desensitized to the systematic problems mm-hmm. that like they're kind of out of it. And so for that reason, things can kind of just like fall by the wayside a little bit, not by right. them, but like, it's just kind of like, well, are you really going to like disrupt your students learning for this thing? Or mm-hmm. are you, and it's like, it's almost used against them a little bit. Um, And what are they going to do? Like not be there for their students, which is the whole reason why they're in the job Mm -hmm. to fight some, you know, Goliath type situation. Mm -hmm. I, it's, I just feel like it's a trend that I'm now seeing is anyone that is to be emotionally present for their job. It's just kind of viewed as shit. Hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, Man, I like I worked at a job once where I had like I had a higher up that kept on calling entry level people um unskilled workers and yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I to their face? No, no, like in a meeting with a bunch of other like upper level people. And oh, wow. um and it was one of my first meetings and I was like, uh, I don't think we should do that. But I like I called it out and mm-hmm. um and I was like, hey, uh, we should by no means do that. Like that's not fair. And I got really, um, I got really uh, vindictive, I guess, because then we had a doc for that um, meeting and people continued to use it. And instead of just changing it, because we all agreed to not use it, I would just leave an open comment being like, um, I'm pretty sure we're not using this <laughs> um, just to shame them. Um, but uh, there's no shame. Uh, they didn't fucking care. <laughs> no one fucking cares. Anyways, Joyce, how are you feeling? <laughs> Yeah, I think that like there was yeah, I feel like we just scratched the surface again. Again. <laughs> like there's yeah, there was a lot that we kind of skimmed over um and would have loved to go into, but I'm I'm really glad that like we got to kind of talk about like how people can actually help because yeah. I think that um I think that the reason why there's so much there's so many opinions out there is because like a lot of people care but maybe don't fully understand everything that's happening, right? Um yeah. or like 
they care, they understand what's happening, and, like, they're just frustrated about how can they impact this change, right? Because, like, you know, a lot of times a lot with a lot of, like, bigger issues, it's like, hey, go talk to your local um, your uh, local lawmakers and policymakers and everyone. And it's like, like, yeah, sure, I'm going to keep calling them and, like, bugging them about it and yelling at them about it. Like, like that's going to take forever. Well, not to mention, we live in a world now where we are – people are having to work two jobs. People are barely making a living. And it is more or less created an environment where it has made it very difficult to expend that extra effort to uh, to go to the community meetings, to go to these things. But I think that they are so important. And there's this really interesting book um, that I'm not allowed to read right now because I'm on week four of Artist Way. Oh, yeah, that's and right, that's right. I'm not allowed to read. <laughs> uh, but it's called Bowling Alone. And it's talking about kind of like the um, – it's the – the decimation, I guess, of communities. And a lot of it is in these like groups where it's like, you know, there was this shift where in the 60s, more people were um, serving on political campaigns where it started shifting Mm. to just um, um, monetary donations. Mm. And people used to like, I guess it used to be like 60% of the United States in, I think it was the 60s, were a part of the PTA. Like they were members of the PTA. And then like that has, that has slowly, um, you know, dissolved. And then there's like, there's all of these organizations, but with one member and they're, um, they're lobbyist groups. And so it's like how we all, like, I didn't realize I could go to potentially a school board member, a school board meeting as someone that doesn't have a student. Hmm. And I like, you know, I would want to kind of like feel out if that is, helpful or not but i'm thinking also like parents have to work parents have to work two jobs and they have to take care of their kids yeah and it's like is there something to like as someone that doesn't have those additional responsibilities can they help Mm -hmm. to help their voice too like not just my own like personal opinion Mm -hmm. which is that um evolution doesn't uh exist (laughs) and and, uh no, just uh, <laughs> look out, bored. Here I come. Uh, oh goodness! <laughs> no boy. Well, um. So what I will say is, um, we are thinking about maybe doing a mini sode with Andrea with very specific questions that uh pertain to her job. So if you're listening to this, please follow us at so what do you do pod on Instagram. Feel free to send us a message or just respond to an Instagram post uh, when we post the Andrea episode. And we would love to do like a follow up with Andrea to um, to to answer more specific questions if we didn't hit them. But we are thinking about maybe doing a mini sode on that. Yeah. So give us all the questions that you feel uh, you would like to hear and uh, dig into. Yeah. And also, um, if you have a free moment, just go on to Twitter and uh, draft a message and do at Staples and say, why do you hate teachers? <laughs> and um, and let's just see what happens um, because <laughs> mommy wants some chaos. <laughs> <laughs> This is what you wanted all along. That's what I wanted all along. And with that, that has been our episode of So What Do You Do? I've been Jen. That's been Joy. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye.